BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about rankings, projections and all the things in between. How much do they actually matter? What are the best rankings for you to actually look at and how to utilize them to win your league? Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter or X at Ball Boys Fantasy. And like we said off the top of the show, guys, today is going to be a show about fantasy basketball rankings. And uh, I'm not going to be revealing my rankings, although you can check that out in probably uh, two to three weeks now over at ballboysnba.com when you purchase uh, our season guide. It's got all of my rankings and projections on there. But before we do that, before we release that, I'm going to do a show today. And I think it's a very important podcast for, for you guys who are wanting to take your fantasy game to the next level. Later in the preseason, we're going to talk about bus sleepers, uh, you know, all these kind of things, mock drafts, all those sort of things. And a lot of those shows in my experience, get the most amount of views. People want to see all those sort of things, and um, and that's fine. Like it's it's fun to talk about, but it shows like this and really understanding the I guess the nuances of fantasy basketball of how rankings and how the team building in fantasy basketball makes the difference between you being a, a good player versus a, an average player. And I think that if you're tuning in now early in this, the preseason, it's a good sign for you to um, be a, a step ahead of your league mates. So I think there's a lot of good information for us to go through here and a lot of things that um, I think get misrepresented and um, maybe over-focused on in, in the community when it comes to um, the importance of rankings, when it it comes to drafting your team. And uh, we're going to go into a, a few different things today. Uh, for example, what are rankings? And, and what when I think about like a top 50 ranked player, what does that actually mean? Um, when does it apply in terms of um, how, how much should I value it when I'm drafting a player? How much should I apply when I'm doing a roto league versus a head-to-head league versus a points league? All those kind of things. So without uh, wasting too much of your time, guys, let's go on straight into it. So... 
if I bring up our first little screen here. Um, so where do rankings apply? Now, I guess the majority of this show, we're going to be talking pretty much about category leagues because when we talk about rankings, for a points league, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Um, who scored the most fantasy points per game? They're going to be ranked higher than the guy who scored fewer fantasy points per game. Um, and so when you look at seasons past, you can sort of go, okay, here were the rankings last year. This is the player that scored the most amount of points. This is the player that scored this amount of points. And you just sort them out through that one. Um, depending on your scoring system, you know, how many points are allocated for rebounds, assists, steals, triple-doubles, whatever. Uh, as long as you have that system and that, those customizations up to date, with how those points come out, we can very easily do that. And um, so for ranking, it's, it's not too much nuance when it comes to that. Um, you know, you can talk about projections versus rankings, and we will discuss that a little bit later. But in terms of ranking those players, it's very, very simple. How many points do they score? That's going to be how you rank them. For category leagues, it's a lot different, okay? And this is, again, not to sort of beat the dead horse or anything like that, but this is, I guess, sometimes the reason I prefer category leagues is because there's a lot of nuance and a lot of different ways you can go about them. And even when you talk about how much a player is worth, there is a lot of debate. Um, Even though we have these rankings that we can refer to, sometimes they don't always tell the truth. So in category leagues, both in roto and head-to-head leagues, um, these rankings that you see can be very different um, depending on what it is you're talking about. So... What are rankings and how, for category leagues, how do we come up with them? So, how were they created? So, basically, a a ranking system or how they're used in Yahoo and um, other sites, you know, places like Basketball Monster, all these other places that that rank their players, how are they created? So, basically, um, from my understanding, the the way that they're created is that they are a sum of all the Z-scores for each of the categories. Now, Again, for most sites, we're going to refer back to the standard nine categories. So that's points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, turnovers, free throw percentage, field goal percentage, and threes made. Went completely out of order on that one for some reason. Um, But those nine categories, and when you rank them, you're taking your Z-score of each of those categories and adding them all up together. Okay, so... Not Nothing is weighted higher than the other. They're all weighted the, the same. It's just your Z-score in each of those categories all added together. Now, you might be asking, what the hell is a Z-score? Now, this is where it all gets a little bit more mathematical and technical, but a Z-score is basically, I'll read out a little description here, a little definition. It's a measurement that describes the values relationship to the average of a group of values based on the standard deviation of that data. Now, what that basically means is that if there's an average amongst a group of players, let's say the top 250 points, and I've actually got this data here in front of me as well. If the average amounts of points scored between the top 250 fantasy basketball players is 13.8, and the standard deviation, so the average difference for those ones in between is 6.6. So if you're you're a player that scores, um, let's do some quick maths, about 23 points per game, then, actually, I'll completely butcher this. If you're, if you're a player that scores just over 20 points per game, you're close to around one standard deviation away from the average, which gives you a Z-score of about one, okay? So for that, for that um, category, you're giving a score of one versus if you have a, a rebound stat, okay? So if you're averaging in rebounds um, is about five and the standard deviation is a little bit... Um, 
more than that, although I think I've just jumbled up all my stats here. Um, so if the average is about five, the standard deviation is about... Um, uh, just, I don't know what's happened tomorrow. I had these saved here before, but they've gone wonky on me. I think the average and the standard deviation is about 2.3, 2.4 for rebounds. So if you've got someone who's averaging you know, eight rebounds a game, you're going to get a Z-score of one. So eight rebounds is equivalent to 21 points so that you can have the categories kind of even on an even playing field so that one's not more, worth more than the other. So it can get very confusing, I guess, when you're talking about standard deviations, Z-scores and things like that. But that's basically how fantasy sites weight all of their categories the same so that one category is not more important than another category. And the reason they do that is because it is something that is primarily used in nine category leagues. And um, this is how you would get your ranking. So if you add all those sort of things up together, then you're going to get a, a score. And then basically of all the players listed, they're going to you know, average and, and sort of put all these players' scores in a row. And the highest score is going to be the number one ranked player. The lowest score is going to be the lowest ranked player. So again, though, it is important to understand that the, the ranking and then the value that the player gives you is, is are two different things. So, for example, a, a really excellent website to do this on is um, Basketball Monster. We're going to go over to Basketball Monster now. And if you're watching over on YouTube, you can have a good understanding of this one because I think this is important to kind of um, get an idea of what rankings mean and what values actually mean as well. So, if we look over on Basketball Monster... We look at the players' ranks. So Nikola Jokic, this is last year's data, by the way. Um, Nikola Jokic was the number of ranks player, but in terms of his value, he was a 0.85. Now, ignore that number. For example, it's it's not super clear exactly what that number means, but in terms of when you've added up all the Z-scores of these categories here, you've come to this number, and that's what their rank is. Joel Embiid is 0.83. Shea is 0.75. So you can already see that but the difference between Embiid and Jokic is very similar. There's actually not too much difference. 0.2 of a difference. But then the difference between Embiid and Shea is 0.8. So the, the gap between these two players is smaller than the gap between these two players, Embiid and Shea, that is. So even though one's ranked, you know, they're only one rank apart, the value of each of those players is actually you know, different in terms of um, where they stand. So you can have, and again, if we go further down the list here, you can have, you know, if we look from 64 all the way down to 71 here, they're, they're eight ranks different, but in terms of their value compared to the rest of the group, it is actually identical or, or at least to two decimal places identical. So these these people here, in terms of their ranking, it really isn't much separating them between eight different ranking spots. In fact, it's it's infinitesimally small. Like you can't even tell um, on, on this graph because obviously it goes to two decimal places, the difference. So the the rankings here will, will sort of put them in an order, but it probably is more important to understand at least the value of each player when you've added up all of these scores and what is contributing to the player. So again, this is not sponsored by Basketball Monster or Josh Lloyd over at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, but it is one of the better visualizations of, of figuring out what this all means. 
So on a website like this, you don't have to sign up or anything. This is just the free tools or anything that anyone can use. You can jump on here and see Nikola Jokic. A lot of his points came from, uh, a lot of his value came from points, rebounds, assists, and field goal percentage. He was averaging about steals, blocks, and free throw percentage. His threes were slightly poorer, and his turnovers were bad because he turned the ball over a lot. So all of those sort of things contribute to make one thing. So when you see some of these guys, sometimes you'll see. For a lot of players, there's there's something that's particularly larger than all the rest. For example, like Jaron Jackson Jr. here. He's got average across the board, slightly, well, below average in assists, but then an extremely high one category here, which is blocks, which boosts his value. So that's contributing a lot to his value compared to the rest of his other stats, whereas a few of these other guys have a few more greens there, maybe not quite as dark a green because they're not as far and away the best in the category, but... Again, it's sort of just important to understand how people come to that value, I think, when you're talking about, you know, evaluating a player's impact to your fantasy team. So um, that is what rankings are. If you are a little bit more confused, make sure drop it into the comments and we can try to explain this as best as I can. I've probably butchered that as we've gone along, but I think as long as you understand that the rankings the number in terms of one, two, three, four is probably less important at this stage, especially when talking category leagues, than what or, or the value that they're bringing to your team is. I think we're on the right track. So let's go back over to this one here. So the next thing I want to have a talk about here when we're talking about rankings is what does ranking mean in different formats and how can I best use a ranking number to help me in my drafts depending on what format I'm, I'm using. So again, we'll go back to the point scoring system. It's very easy. You're talking about projected fantasy points. So again, you can very easily do that. Write out a list of what you think a player is going to average. If you have how many points that is associated to it, then you can sort of add that all up together and it's going to give you a projected fantasy score. Pretty simple. Now, Roto Leagues. This is where I think that in Roto Leagues, that nine-category ranking, so if you go onto a Yahoo um, website, or even if you, you know, if we were back on basketballmonster.com, the nine-category ranking is basically the standard ranking systems that we use. So when often people are referring to, oh, he was a top 50 player, we're talking about the nine-category rankings. And that's when you take all of those categories and they're weighted the same. Now, the reason I think this is the best way to use this ranking system in a Roto League is because when you're in a Roto League, you're using, um, you're trying to compete in all the categories, right? You're getting 12 points if you're in a 12-team league. You're getting 12 points if you win that category. You're getting one point if you lose that category. So you're trying to get the most amount of scoring possible. And to do that, it's probably best... BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Do it over all of the categories. So every category in that format is weighted and, and worth the same as another category. So that's where the nine category ranking system I think is at its best. So if you're in a roto format and you're competing in that format, whether it be eight category or nine category, if you involve turnovers or not, those rankings I think are the most useful when doing that because like we said, the the value of each category is the same because they all correspond to an equal amount of points. To, to, a, to a point, we'll talk about punting later on. In uh, head-to-head leagues, though, I think that um, things can be a little bit different. So when we're talking about um, you know head-to-head leagues, we often talk about, and I will go into much more depth about punting in a future video and a future podcast series as well, but when we talk about punting, this is where things get very confusing and where rankings, I think, really let us down. Now, if we just talk about last year, I'm going to give you guys an example. So in the nine-category ranking system, so like when we're talking about with Roto Leagues, Giannis was ranked the 104th ranked player last year in nine cats versus DeLon Wright, who was, average, who was ranked the 59th ranked player. Now, if I just have a look at those uh, stats here, so Giannis averaged um, 28.4 points, 0.8 threes, 11.8 rebounds, 6.1 um, 6.1 assists, 0.9 steals, and 0.8 blocks. He did it on 56% uh, field goal percentage, 64% free throw percentage, and 3.6 turnovers. Now, compared that to DeLon Wright, if I just find him here... Oh, that's a lot of names. I'm just going to search them up real quick. Should have had this prepared. But DeLon Wright averaged... Very slow here on the internet over in Brisbane. Um... Oh, I really should have had this prepared. Uh, okay, so Dillon Wright averaged 6.1 points. Um, sorry, no, he didn't. He averaged 7.4 points, 0. 0.8 threes, 3.6 rebounds, 3.9 assists, 1.8 steals, 0. 0.3 blocks, 47 from the field, 87 from the free throw line, and 0. 0.9 turnovers. So if you compare those two stats, Giannis averaged more points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and field goal percentage. So he was better in five categories. Deal on average, more steals, better free throw percentage, and fewer turnovers. The threes were identical, so we're just going to call that a wash, okay? So if you were to compare these two, one's ranked 59th, one's ranked 104th, but the player who's ranked 104th is better in five categories, the player who's better at, at ranked at 59th is better, better in three categories and they're tied in one. So in a head-to-head league, Giannis is more valuable than DeLon Wright because if you just had those two players on your team and that was it, you had no other players, then the player with Giannis would beat the player with um, DeLon Wright. So the ranking system, when it's ranked one higher than the other, has let us down there because the most valuable player was actually the player who was ranked lower. Now, this is because... When you're talking about a head-to-head league, not all categories are created equal in terms of when you're going up against someone, all you have to do is beat them in five categories to get the win and move on, especially when you're talking about the playoffs. So in the playoffs, you beat them, you move on to the next round. That's all you need to do. So if you're already bad at a certain category, there's 
less and less value in you trying to save that category and get it higher because you're not going to get more points like in a Roto League if you're going to be second last or or third last where you're going to get a few more points in that kind of scenario. In a head-to-head league, it's about building strengths and having a solid foundation of a team so you can go out and beat another team 5-4, 6-3, 5-4, 6-3, or whatever. Um, so that's where the ranking system, when we're valuing all nine categories or all eight categories, lets us down. So what is the uh, what is the best way for us to value players in a head-to-head league? Now, in my opinion, this is by no means foolproof, and it definitely changes once you draft the team, depending on the league size and all those sort of things. So it's, it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all, but in my opinion, when you're going to look across a league and just value your players, I think that the best way to do it is by using what we call a minus-one ranking. Now, um, if you guys have listened to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast with Josh Lloyd, he's talked about a lot this off-season. I've talked about it before in previous years. I've also sometimes referred to it as a punt ranking, but when I talk about a punt ranking, sometimes I think that can also be misleading, and I'll explain why. Because when you're punting... So again, if I if we bring back the example of the um, if we go back over to Basketball Monster, if we talk about punting, if I go and punt free throw percentage, so right there before Giannis was the 104th ranked player. If I turn on the punt free throw percentage, oops, let's go into just kicks me out. If I go into punt the free throw percentage, Giannis is now the 10th ranked player. Okay, so he shot up 90 what what is that 94 spots, um, but. If I'm punting free throw percentage, players who have good free throw percentage, their value is less. Now, not everyone in your league is going to be punting free throw percentage, which means that Giannis's value on your team, because you are punting free throw percentage, will be different to another team that is not punting free throw percentage. So therefore, it creates a little bit of a gap. So this does not mean that because I'm punting free throw percentage that I should be drafting Giannis at 10 because he's the 10th best player. Because if you look ahead, you've got a player like Nicholas Claxton, who's the fifth ranked player when you punt free throw percentage. So should I be drafting Nicholas Claxton at five? No, that is not what we should be doing. What we should be doing is using minus one value. Now, when we use minus one value, um, what that does is it takes out every player's worst category and ranks it that way. So when we do a minus one ranking, instead of just taking out free throw percentage from everyone, it picks and chooses every single player's worst category. So for example, if I look up a few things here, Claxton, it's free throw percentage, but for someone like Jaron Jackson Jr., it's assists. So when evaluating Jaron Jackson, it'll take out assists, but count all of his other categories. And it will do this for every single player and give us a list of those players. And I think that when we look at from a draft point of view, This is the best way to value players in a head-to-head league because depending on every team's different punt, this will be kind of where teams are looking to um, value their players. For example... It's, it's kind of hard sometimes to go into a draft and have a pre-plan, I'm going to punt this category um, because you don't know who's going to be there, especially if you're towards the end of the first round. You don't know who's going to be there, who's going to fall to you. So you might be going in going, oh yeah, I'm going to punt free throw percentage, but maybe Giannis gets picked before you and Luca goes before you and you're going, oh, well shit, the next best player is Claxton. I think that's a big mistake by drafting him at that point because the whole point of punting is about creating value. So... How do we determine what punt strategy is the best per 
position where you're drafting or for what player you're grabbing and then when should I draft those players. So, for example, when you're using the minus one value, it sort of creates a good list and a good ranking of players where in their most ideal punt, where would a player rank when everyone else has got the same kind of treatment? I think that is the best way. Again, it's not perfect. It's probably used more for the early parts of the of the draft when you're trying to get those you know cornerstones of your team. But I think that's the best way to value a player, and can also be a good way to value a player when looking at a trade. Okay, so for example, if I'm trying to trade a Nicholas Claxton and I'm in the team and I've got uh, punt free throws, like there's no way any other team is going to give me a top ten player for Nicholas Claxton. But he's a top ten player in my build. Um, but if I look at like a minus one ranking, for example, that might give me a better understanding of what his value is across the league. Uh, because, yeah, for other teams, he's definitely not going to be sitting there at uh, number five. So I think if that is the best way to at least use a ranking, a one sort of one-stop shop number for players in a category league. But remember, when you take into account punting and all those kind of things, you don't get extra points for being twice as good as the next player. You don't get... If you're blocking 40 shots that week and your opponent's blocking 20, you don't get two points for that. You still only get one. So remember when you're doing punting and the ranking skew sort of things and all these centers fly up the the draft board in terms of their rankings, that also is very misleading because you still want to have a balance in your team. Um, And those rankings can be fine, but it also is always about your team and your team as a whole versus the other teams in your league. So the biggest mistake I see people make when we're talking about punting is that they, you know, maybe they go over and use Basketball Monster and they look at those rankings and they go, oh shit, Nicholas Claxton's at number five. I'm going to make sure I get him in the second round. And oh yeah, Walker Kessler's, you know, at 15. I'm going to get him in the fourth round. And, And they've got this team, which on paper is like ranked so well, but they're just so strong in rebounds, field goal percentage, and blocks, and turnovers, and they're really, really good in these four categories, but every week they're losing four or five, four or five, because they just don't have the steals or the points or the assists or whatever to compete with those other teams. So I think that is the most important thing to take away, that whilst these rankings might put players above, it's also about making sure that, especially in a category head-to-head league, that your team is balanced compared to the other managers in your league. It's always very hard to sort of talk about this because it always depends on what other teams in your league are doing. Where are their strengths? Where are their weaknesses? And you need to be beating them because you're not just versing a computer, you're versing other people and their teams. So it always does change depending on what is happening there. So the last thing that I want to talk about here is rankings versus projections. So a lot of times and I do this, I'll use rankings and, and, you know, we talk about the season guide. We'll talk about my rankings and then I've also got my projections. Now, rankings can be used in two different ways. You can kind of go through what, a, say, you're during the season, someone's ranked somewhere. Well, that's, that's kind of where they are during that season. Right now, a lot of places will talk about rankings as opposed as what it means to last year. So stuff that's already happened, this is where they ranked. Other ways that you can use it, if I'm doing a ranking list, it's more of a subjective list. So, for example, in my season guide, I'll have my top 150 rankings, but I'll also have my projections. My projections is just what I expect a player to do. And then formulas and calculations have kind of given a number and sorted them out from 1 through to 250. Whereas a rankings is I've then taken that projection 
and then based on other things that are harder to quantify and harder to sort of put formulas to, I've moved them around. So things like risk, things like injury, age profile, upside, downside, that's where I've put a bit more of my subjectivity to that list and that's what I'm calling my rankings because this is, again, you, you, you know, rank your top five, you know, it's, it's, it's a subjective thing, right? So whereas a projection is very much based on what I'm thinking they're going to do, this is what the data spits out and I think it's important, again, to remember those two things. Now, again, if you look at a projection list, going off that and picking the number one, two, three, four, that's also going to lead you to some other issues because fantasy is not all just about the pure hard numbers. There's also a little bit of that subjectivity into it as well. So combining those two things together, I think is going to lead you guys to having the most success when it comes to fantasy hoops. So hope that all makes sense, guys. It's probably a dry episode, but I think if you can wrap your head around that, the earlier the better and the more success you are going to have in fantasy basketball because you can be given all of the tools, all of the best, um, you know, sites and um, ranking boards, projections in the world. But if you don't know how to read them and use them on draft day, I think you're always going to be a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to versing those who can. So if you can start to get that understanding of how to use those lists, how to use those projections and those numbers, you're going to be on your way to become a better fantasy basketball player. So thank you very much, guys, for all uh, sticking around for that dry episode there. But make sure if you are enjoying these episodes, give them a big thumbs up over on YouTube. If you can, drop by Apple Podcasts, give it a five-star rating and review. And we'll see you next time where we're talking punting. Laters. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.